pride, anger, lust, laziness, gluttony, envy, and greed. During the sixth century, Pope Gregory was the first to draw attention to these seven deadly sins. The reason for highlighting the vicious vices was to make a plan for overcoming them. During the European Middle Ages, the deadly sins were a popular theme in plays, art, and literature, and they were always balanced with a list of heavenly virtues like humility, patience, purity, diligence, self-control, gratitude, and generosity. Do the vices appear too often in your life and the virtues not often enough? Is your spiritual win-loss record embarrassing? Now is the time for the kind of honest self-examination that helps us make forward progress in sanctification. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. That's Romans 8, 37. And this is Something Good. Hi, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for stopping by for another day of teaching with Dr. Ron Jones. Well, back in the sixth century, Pope Gregory I came up with a list of seven deadly sins. Pride, anger, lust, laziness, gluttony, envy, and greed. For the next couple of weeks, Ron will take you through each of them as he shares his teaching series, Undefeated, Overcoming the Deadly Sins That Drag You Down. Stay with us now or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And stick around after today's message when Ron joins me in studio about an important new resource he wants to share with you. But first, listen in as he shares his message, More Than Conquerors. Well, sports teams that go undefeated are the stuff of legends. Wouldn't you agree, sports fans out there? The 1972 Miami Dolphins are the only team in NFL history to win the Super Bowl and to go undefeated in a single season. They were 17-0. and 0. And that was probably the reason back when I was a young boy growing up in Indiana, I, I was a Miami Dolphins fan. Long before I became a Cowboys fan, not a Redskins fan, no, a Dallas Cowboys fan. Long before that, I was a Miami Dolphins fan growing up in Indiana. And it probably had something to do with just, you know, the sunny Florida, the Dolphins, the Flamingos, those uh, kind of aqua and orange and white uniforms. That had something to do with it. But also uh, just the, the gridiron greats that set NFL history in 1972. I still remember the names of these players, starting with Coach Don Shula, legendary coach in the NFL. Quarterback Bob Greasy, oh, he was, he was, he was incredible. A Purdue Boilermaker grad, go Boilermakers, right? Right, Rosie, okay. Um, uh, Larry Zonka, remember Zonka? I mean, what a great football name, Zonka. Larry Zonka had a nose like he had carried the ball up the middle far too many times, all right? Just, just kind of smashed on his face there. Mercury Morris, he was the halfback. Lightning speed, and his name kind of said that. Paul Warfield was the wide receiver. Nick Bonacani, he was the linebacker. You know, what a great football name again. And then one of my favorites was the five foot seven kicker. He was a lefty named Garo Yaprimian. I mean, the guy could kick the lights out of the ball, all right? This was the 1972 Miami Dolphins. 
the only undefeated team who won the Super Bowl in NFL history. Now, some of you are New England Patriot fans, and I'll, I'll pray for you this morning, but some of you are saying, no, the 2007 New England Patriots went 18-0. Yes, they did, before they lost in the Super Bowl to the New York Giants. Sorry, Pats fans. They finished the season 18-1, leaving the Dolphins, the 72 Dolphins, the only team to go undefeated and win the Super Bowl. Well, today I'm beginning a brand new series of messages titled Undefeated. And no, I don't want to spend the next uh, six or eight weeks talking about sports legends and sports fans and gridiron greats. I want to talk about how to live an undefeated life. How do you live the kind of life that triumphs over troubles, that soars above every struggle, and that overcomes the deadly sins that drag us down? Uh, back in the sixth century, Pope Gregory I was the first one to come up with this list of the seven deadly sins. Pride, anger, lust, laziness, gluttony, envy, and greed. What a list it is. And we're going to talk over the next uh, several weeks about how to, how to conquer these things so they don't drag us down anywhere. How to live an undefeated life, a, a life that triumphs over troubles, soars above every struggle, and overcomes the deadly sins that drag us down. And along the way, here, here's what I promise I'm going to do. I'm going to point us to Jesus. Jesus, who we'll just call in this series the undefeated one. He makes us more than conquerors, and he helps us. He helps us live an undefeated life. Now, I think a good place for us to start is uh, all the way back in the beginning in the book of Genesis to kind of get an understanding of why we might need a series like this. Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3 tell us the creation story, and the Bible tells us that you and I were created in the image of God. I think part of what that means is we were created to glorify Him, and we were created to live a victorious life. I don't think it was ever God's intention for us to experience death, let alone defeat. But Adam, our spiritual and physical forefather, you know the story, uh, Adam was created in the image of God. He wasn't created in perfection. Theologically, we say he was created in innocence, and he was given a free will. He was given a choice. He could either obey God and go God's way, or he could disobey God and go his own way. And in uh, Genesis chapter 3, it tells us Adam went his own way. He sinned against God. And the consequences that God warned about, which was death, <laughs> fell upon Adam. He died spiritually. That means his sins separated him from God. And later, he died physically. And the Bible tells us in the book of Romans that <clears throat> death entered into the world through one man, that was Adam, and death spread to all men because all have sinned. You see, we inherited a sin nature from Adam. Adam was born in innocence and created in innocence and was placed in a paradise, a perfect place, the Garden of Eden. But when he sinned, he was kicked out. He left and... Now here we are in paradise lost. Uh, this is not paradise, in case you were wondering. Even the most beautiful place on earth is not paradise. We're, we live in a fallen world, a sin-stained world, which makes it all the more difficult, friends, to live an undefeated life. 
Jesus Christ went to the cross, died on that cross, and rose from the dead a victor, and our victory is in him. But the, the challenge for us is, how do, we, how do we live an undefeated life? How, how do we live a life that, that overcomes and conquers the deadly sins that threaten to drag us down every day? Let's go back to the 6th century for just a moment. Again, Pope Gregory the I um, kind of initially rolled out the seven deadly sins. They've been kind of tweaked and morphed over the centuries. In fact, by the 13th century, Thomas Aquinas uh, uh, worked on them a little bit. Today we have a list that sounds, again, something like this, pride, anger, lust, laziness, gluttony, envy, greed, okay? It's a deadly list, isn't it? <laughs> At some level, it's also a desirable list. Uh, Mark Twain said there is a charm about the forbidden that makes it unspeakably desirable. Isn't that true? Uh, that's why sin is so tempting. It's tempting to, you know, go down the road of pride or anger, lust or laziness, and so on. And we have to figure out, as followers of Jesus Christ, how do we overcome these deadly sins that threaten to drag us down into defeat? My concern is that too many of us as followers of Jesus Christ are not living a victorious Christian life. Because one or more in this list, and you can make up your own list perhaps, this is just a fun list to work with from the 6th century and then some, but we're not living that undefeated life, that victorious Christian life, and the question is why? Why? And how do we do that in partnership with the Holy Spirit and in the victory that, that Jesus has given to us? Back in the Middle Ages, the uh, seven deadly sins were popular. Uh, they were popular themes in music, in art, in literature, in the theater, in plays, uh, always with the idea that these were the kinds of vices that we needed to overcome. Because uh, as Pope Gregory said back in the 6th century, they lead into other areas of um, greater immorality. For instance, anger could, could lead to murder. Lust could lead to adultery. And so the, these were the seven that kind of emerged over the years. Uh, these are, this is not a list of sins that you will find explicitly or in one place anywhere in the Bible, but we could find stories behind every one of these, and we will. We'll explore them over the next several weeks uh, with the idea that we, we want to come out as more than conquerors, singing, oh, victory in Jesus. Uh, we are the champions and, and all of that kind of thing. Uh, maybe this is why Peter wrote in his second letter, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5, listen to this. He says, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. You see, back in the Middle Ages when they were talking about the seven deadly sins in art and, you know, drama and literature, they always did so by laying alongside of the seven deadly sins seven heavenly virtues corresponding virtues, because that was the idea, what was to supplement our faith with virtue, Peter says. When was the last time you heard the word virtue in our culture today? What you see on display more often than not is not virtue, but vices, and um, that ought not to be on display 
or even hidden in our lives as Christians. The heavenly virtues correspondingly were humility, patience, purity, diligence, self-control, gratitude, and generosity. And Peter says to us, make every effort. It's going to take some holy sweat here, friends. Make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. Still ahead, the second half of today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Listen to Ron's messages on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, check out Something Good Courses, where you'll find Starting Point, a Disciples First Steps, a free online discipleship coaching experience created by Dr. Ron Jones. That starting point at Disciples First Steps where you'll discover what being a disciple of Christ is all about and learn how to help others grow in their faith. Are you living the victorious Christian life? Are you growing in your faith, becoming more and more conformed to the image of Christ? If you want to live that kind of life but don't know how, stay right here for the second half of today's Something Good radio message, More Than Conquerors. Once again, here's Dr. Ron Jones. If you look back over the last six weeks or six months or maybe six years of your life, and you say, I am, I am growing in godly virtue, or are the vices defeating me every day? We want to we overcome the deadly sins that drag us down and make sure that the heavenly virtues are uh, a more part of our life than these vicious vices that threaten every one of us. I've titled this morning's message, More Than Conquerors, and it comes from uh, Romans chapter 8. But I want to use that as a theme for the rest of our time together and talk about a couple of ways that the Bible describes us as followers of Jesus Christ as more than conquerors. First, we are more than conquerors over the troubles of life, the trials, the tribulations, and the difficulties. Romans chapter 8, verse 35, Paul says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? (laughs) If he were writing today, he might add to that. Or coronavirus or pestilence. Who or what can separate us from the love of Christ? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And then he says in verse 37, no, in all these things, in all these trials and troubles and tribulations of life that come upon us, we, that is believers in Jesus Christ, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I love that phrase. Write it down, circle it in your Bible, more than conquerors. I love the way the Apostle Paul skillfully weaves together the love of Jesus Christ the trials and tribulations and troubles of life and the victory that is ours in Jesus Christ. We are more than conquerors, he says. Now, again, I want to take that phrase, those three words, more than conquerors, and drill down a little bit, starting with the word conquerors. It uh, comes from a Greek word that literally means to win a victory over, a victor or a a conqueror. And here's the part that you're going to love. It's the Greek word Nikon. Okay? You ever heard of Nikon cameras? <laughs> or better yet, 
Nike sportswear. This is, this is the word right here. It means victory. It means conquerors. We are more than conquerors. And we're going to trace this word all throughout the New Testament you know, in our time remaining this morning. The, often translated overcomers or conquerors in your Bible. And it's all throughout the New Testament, even comes from the words of Jesus himself. But now let's drill down on, on the words leading up to that. More than conquerors. Paul doesn't say we're, we're just conquerors. That might be enough. He says we're more than conquerors. Uh, it, it's an idiom that literally means uh, to a very great degree or extremely. He's wanting us to understand we are extreme conquerors. Uh, we, we, are, we are over and above what a conqueror is. We, we, have, we have conquered beyond our wildest dreams. You ever heard of the, the extreme sports? Turn on the ESPN channel and there's this thing called the extreme sports and even the extreme Olympics and all that. Well, we are extreme conquerors in Jesus Christ. It would be like saying from a sports standpoint, our opponent never had a chance to defeat us. It wasn't even a contest. The score was 56 to nothing. We were like a professional football team playing a second string high school squad. Wasn't even a contest. We were, we were overly conquering. We, we blew them out of the saddle, all right? We went 17 and 0 for the season. We set all kinds of records. We are more than conquerors, the Bible says, of believers in Jesus Christ. Problem is, why don't we live that way? Why are we still living such a defeated life as Christians? Why are the seven deadly sins, pride, anger, lust, laziness, gluttony, envy, greed, one or more of them still getting the best of us? Come on, that's not who we are. We are more than conquerors. We are victors, not victims. And our victory comes through Jesus Christ. And we're going to hear throughout uh, uh, the rest of the message this morning again and again and again and again how the New Testament underscores the idea. The we are the champions. We are the victors. Can you imagine anybody from the 1972 Miami Dolphin team walking around after their NFL retirement with slumped shoulders, saying, well, we were just a bunch of losers. We never won a game. Of course not. Uh, their head was held high. Uh, they were inducted to the Hall of Fame. They were champions. And they thought of themselves as champions and as victors and as conquerors. Back to that Greek word, Nikon. Catherine and I were in um, Italy not too long ago. And uh, we got to Rome. Rome was fabulous. We went to the Roman Colosseum. Oh, it was in incredible. If you're into ancient ruins, you know, it's just a great place to go. And flowing from the uh, uh, Roman Colosseum, what's left of it, uh, you flow into what's called the, the, uh, uh, the Roman Forum. And it's just a, a beautiful area of ancient ruins. Not far from the Colosseum is Constantine's Arch, okay? Um, Still like it was, I'm sure, you know, centuries ago. Back in Roman times when the Roman army would go out and conquer their enemy, they would bring back their prisoners. And they would kind of, you know, shove it in their face by making them march in a victory parade. 
And this is how the, you know, the Roman army would put on display, you know, the victory and the conquering that they had done, and their, their prisoners would be walking in the parade, and they would have to go right through, you know, the victory arch, the conquering arch, Constantine's arch. A little bit further into the forum, there's one called uh, the Arch of Titus. And um, let's go back to that earlier picture. Here's the Arch of Titus. Um, this is not Constantine. This is the Arch of Titus. And the guide that was taking us through the forum there uh, brought us underneath the arch there, and then there was a, there was a relief that we can go to on the next slide here. Uh, this is a picture of a, uh, uh, a victory chariot drawn by four horses, and our guide said, if you look up over there, there's the goddess of Nike, the victory goddess, okay? Well, that's the word here in the New Testament. In the Greek, it's, it's Nike. Long before the goddess of Nike was ever the symbol of Roman or Greek victory, well, Jesus said these words in John chapter 16 and verse 33, in the world you will have tribulation, <laughs> but take heart, I have overcome it. Thanks so much for being here for today's Something Good radio message, More Than Conquerors. Always glad to have you with us. Listen to any of Ron's messages on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, be sure to check out our Something Good digital library with more than 500 hours of Bible teaching from Dr. Ron. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Need prayer today? Stop by somethinggoodradio.org anytime and share your request with us. Click on Explore and then look for the How Can We Pray For You option. Is the Bible intimidating for you to read? Do you need someone to help guide you through God's Word? Hello friend, I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time, but let's face it, it can also be a challenge to read because it contains more than 600,000 words, two testaments, and 66 different books. But how does it all fit together? How do we clearly understand God's continuous story from Genesis to Revelation? That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Volume one based on the 39 books of the Old Testament is now available, and I'd like to send you a copy. Here's Brian with details. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and eight eBooks. To pre-order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Well, Pastor Ron, I'm sure many of our listeners are looking forward to reading this important book. I know I am. Talk about some of the challenges you faced as you put this project together and tell us why this two-volume book can be such a great resource. Brian, I knew the ultimate road trip through the Bible would be a pretty big challenge to write as a two-volume set, as challenging to write as the Bible is intimidating for some people to read. But it was truly a labor of love, as is reading God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. 
I'm hopeful that these resources will show the readers just how beautifully the whole of the Bible fits together into an inspired and unified love letter from God to every member of His creation. Thanks, Pastor Ron. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to order Volume 1 of this great resource for your gift of $30 or more. Or call our offices at 757-276-1099. And if you'd like to mail your check, our address is P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. The greatest enemy to us in any given day is the world, the flesh, and the devil. And we're right there in the battle every day. But we are overcomers because of the victory that Jesus won for us. The challenge is shortening the distance between who we are in Christ more than conquerors and our everyday present reality and bringing closeness to those, shortening the gap there. That's next time in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, More Than Conquerors. Join us then for Something Good for Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio. I'm Brian Davis saying so long and thanks for listening.